If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 6. And today we'll be looking at verses 11 through 14. Years ago, the old periodical War Cry had a story in it. And there was a, the story was that there was a mail carrier who used a canoe to go along his routes along a riverbank. And one day, someone asked him if he knew how to swim. And the mail carrier said, no. He said, I've paddled this canoe for years up and down this river, and I've never had a problem. And sometime after that, the newspaper ran a story where the man's canoe capsized, and because he couldn't swim, he drowned. Now, all his knowledge and experience in paddling this canoe came to nothing because he didn't know how to swim. It also came to nothing because he neglected to even have a life jacket. He had neglected the means of salvation that had been offered to him. And when you think about it, this happens all the time. People neglect the means of salvation that has been offered. And we've seen this numerous times over the years, and it's not new. We actually see it taking place in the book of Genesis. People neglecting the means of salvation. Look at Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. It's written, The earth was also corrupt before God, for the earth was filled with cruelty. Then God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, An end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with cruelty through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of pine trees, thou shalt make cabins in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an understanding into your word. And Lord, I just pray that if there is anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, that you would just speak to their hearts today. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to be with us, be with those that are sick and shut in, those that could not be here today, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just pray that you would be with them. And Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, I just pray that... Again, you would speak through me and give me the words to say today and just hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says in these verses that the earth was corrupt. The people of the earth was corrupt. They were evil. They were cruel. And... As a result, God is going to destroy the earth. 
And then when you look at verse 6, if you go back to verse 6, it says that only one man and his family would be spared. Basically, it says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now think about that. Out of all the people on the earth, at this time period, all the people upon the earth, only Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Because only Noah was righteous. Only his family was righteous. Out of all the people on the earth, only Noah and his family were righteous in the eyes of God. But because of the evil upon the earth and how corrupt mankind had become, God said he is going to destroy all things on the earth. All things. Now think about that. The destruction was not limited to only mankind. All things were going to be destroyed. So you had mankind, then you had animals, and then you had plants. All things were going to be destroyed. The destruction was not limited. Now, what do we see? We see that he saved enough animals to repopulate the earth. The plants would regrow after all the water had subsided. But why destroy the plants and the animals along with man? This goes back to the Garden of Eden. And it goes back to why God was going to destroy the earth and wipe out everything on there except for Noah and his family and the animals saved on the ark. It's because the earth is under a curse. When Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, remember, God curses the plant. He doesn't just curse man. He curses the entire planet because of sin. And it's because of sin that he does this. So God cursed the whole earth and then when he declares that he's going to destroy mankind, he's going to destroy the entire earth along with it because the earth is under the curse. Animals are under the curse. Plants are under the curse. Everything is cursed. Now why did that happen? It's because when we look at sin... Our sin does not affect only us. Sin affects all things around us. If someone is cruel, are they going to be cruel just to themselves or are they going to be cruel to those things around them? They're going to be cruel to those things around them. When someone lies, does the lie affect just that person or does it affect people around them. It affects people around them. It goes on and on and on. Sin affects all things around us. Not only does it affect us, it affects other things. So when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, their sin affected the entire planet because God curses the planet. Remember what he tells Adam? Cursed is the ground for thy sake. He cursed the planet. 
So our actions, our sins, affect all around us. And it's because of man's sin that God was going to destroy the earth. And he tells Noah this. Look back at verse 11. He says, an end of all flesh has come before me. He's going to destroy everything. All flesh. Because of man's sin. But then what does God do? Because... Noah had found grace in the eyes of the Lord, God tells Noah to build an ark. And then he gives Noah the plans for the ark. Look at verses 14 through 16. Make thee an ark of pine trees, thou shalt make cabins in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch, and thus shalt thou make it the length of the ark, shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. Thou shalt make it with the low second and third room. So God gives Noah the plans for the ark. But I want you to notice something here. Does God tell Noah to make sails for the ark? No. Does God tell Noah to make a rudder for the ark? No. Does God tell Noah to make a wheelhouse for the ark so that it could be steered? No. The ark had one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to save Noah and his family and all the animals that went onto the ark. And it also had another purpose. It was there to save anyone else that repented of their sins and joined Noah. So he tells him how to make this ark. He tells him the length and the breadth and then he tells him how high it was to make it. It was to be three stories. It was to have all these rooms in it. And then he was to seal it and waterproof it. He tells him how to do that. And then he tells him to put a door in the side so all the animals could get on it. But he never tells him to make a sail, a wheel, or a rudder because it only had one purpose and that was salvation. It had one purpose. And then we see, as Noah was building the ark, if you look in 2 Peter, turn over to 2 Peter chapter 2. And if you look at verse 5, it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So as he was building this ark, he was preaching to the people. He was telling them how to be saved. We don't, we don't know exactly what he was saying to them. It's not recorded. But Peter says he was a preacher of righteousness. So not only is his life a reflection of that righteousness, we know that he was preaching righteousness as well. So he was preaching to the people as he built the ark. We don't know what he was telling them because that's not recorded. But I believe he was possibly telling them how to repent. 
how to be saved, to join him and his family on the ark. He was telling them how to escape the wrath that was to come. But what happens? How many people were saved on the ark? Only Noah and his family. Eight people. Only Noah and his family were saved. Out of all the people on the earth, out of all the years that God gave man to repent before he sent the flood, and we can see that if you look back at verse 3 of chapter 6, he says 120 years he was going to give man to repent. Out of all that time, only eight people were saved. So what happens? The rest of the people neglected the means of salvation that God had offered. Just like the man on the canoe. He could have learned to swim. He could have wore a life jacket. But he neglected the means of salvation even when someone asked him about it. All these people over the years seeing Noah and his family building this ark and then seeing all these animals coming to the ark right before the flood neglected the means of salvation. God provided an ark and he provided a preacher of righteousness to warn the people of the coming wrath. And people rejected and neglected the message. But did Noah give up? No. It never says he gave up. He continued to preach. Up until the day he went into the ark. More than likely, he continued to preach and tell people about the coming wrath. But you know, God has done the same today. He's provided us with another ark. Another means of salvation to escape the coming wrath. And he did this when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Think about something. And looking at Noah and Noah's ark, there's something similar to what happens today. During Noah's time, what did the people have to do? They had to hear Noah's message. They also could see the ark. And then they had to receive Noah's message by faith. Believe it. 
and then go into the ark to be saved. Nothing's really changed. But you know, God gave something else to the people at Noah's time. Up until he shut the door, they could be saved. Even when they were seeing the animals going into the ark, they could have joined them to be saved. But instead, they neglected the means of salvation. But what does God give us today? People preaching the message. People sharing the gospel message. People have to accept that message by faith. But then he gives us also something else that we can see. He gives us the eyes of faith. If you look in Hebrews, what does it say about faith? It says faith gives us substance to the things that we believe and have not seen. So through the eyes of faith, we can see what we believe. The people of Noah's day could see the actual ark, but during our day, through the Holy Spirit, God gives us the eyes of faith and we can see the cross of Christ. We can see him suffering and dying for us through the eyes of faith once we hear the message. But even then, what happens? People still neglect the means of salvation. Many people see the cross and they never receive it. But then you have people that see the cross and hear the message, but they don't understand it. They don't know what it represents. How many people saw Noah's Ark and really didn't know what it represented? What does the Bible tell us? It tells us that it never rained before Noah's Ark. So here they see this person building a boat in the middle of nowhere. They don't know what it represents. So what happens? Noah, the preacher of righteousness, tells them. And they don't believe. How many people really understand what Jesus Christ represents today? What the cross represents? But what does the Bible tell us? How can they understand without a preacher? How can people understand the gospel message if we're not going out telling them about it? And believe me, something worse than the flood is coming. And we need to be telling people about it. That's why we're here. We're saved because of God's love. God loves us and he sent his son to save us. But it doesn't stop there. We still have a job to do. And that job is to tell others how they can be saved through Jesus Christ to escape the wrath to come. God provides his word. He provides preachers. He provides Christians all across the world to tell others about Jesus Christ. We need to tell people about Christ. 
and what the cross represents and how Christ is our ark today. Salvation through Christ. We tell people why they must be saved. We tell people that Christ offers forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And we also tell them that through Christ they can escape the coming wrath. Because if they die without him, what are they going to face? The wrath of God poured out without mixture in the lake of fire. That's what they're going to face. We tell them how to receive Christ and how they can come to eternal life. And what happens after that? We pray that people will receive Christ. But sometimes people will neglect the means of salvation. Just as God provided an ark during Noah's day, he provides an ark today. And just as Noah gave, never gave up preaching, we are to never give up. Even when we see people neglect the means of salvation. We continue and continue and continue to tell others about Jesus Christ. Up until the time that Christ takes us home, we tell others about him. We must continue to tell all who will listen and can hear about Jesus Christ. It's that important. We get frustrated. We will get frustrated. And why do we get frustrated? Because we go out and we tell people about Jesus Christ and then they never receive him. But think about something. Them being saved or them being lost is not up to us. We are to deliver the message. We are to tell others about Jesus Christ. It is up to God to save them because he is the only one who can. We are the mouthpiece. And we need to use our mouth and the means that God has given us to tell others about Jesus Christ. Tell all who can listen about how they can be saved. And then we let the Holy Spirit do the work. Because we can't save anyone. Only God can save. I mean, think about Noah. How frustrated he must have been. 120 years telling people about how they can be saved. And only his family and all those animals were the ones that escaped the flood. 120 years. You know, I can remember all the times that I've told people about Christ and they rejected it. I went to this one person for six months. Every week for six months. And you know what happened? 
they finally receive Christ. The Holy Spirit convicted them, and they receive Christ. We never give up. We continue to pray for people. We continue to visit them. We continue to tell them about Christ as long as we're able. It's that important. Because Christ is their ark. And the only way that they will be able to escape the coming wrath. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for just the message that you have given, the gift of your Son, and it's a message that we need to tell others about. And we can never give up in doing this. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we go into this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, to just look to you for guidance and understanding. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here today and you need to make any decision, come as we sing. Number